0: Welcome today to another podcast episode of Established in the Faith. This is Pastor James Pierce, and what a privilege it is to have all of you out there tuning in with us today. We're going to continue with our study in the Book of Revelation. I know it's going to be a blessing to you, and if it is, feel free to like it and share it with others. If you'll go over to EstablishedInTheFaith.com, you'll find more information on how you can subscribe to this podcast. You can now get us on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, TuneIn Radio, Blueberry, and others as well. Feel free to contact us there on the website with questions and comments that you may have pertaining to the program today. Well, we're going to go on into our study now, picking it up in Revelation chapter 16 and verse 1, and we hope and pray it will be a blessing to you. The 16th chapter of the book of Revelation tonight if you have your bibles. I'd like to turn with us. Revelation chapter 16. We're going to begin with verse 1. And I heard a great voice out of the temple saying to the seven angels, Go your ways and pour out the vows of the wrath of God upon the earth. This chapter right here is known as the great chapter of the Bible. The word great appears in this chapter 11 times. And I want you to notice in this chapter here, well in this particular verse that these angels were told to pour out the vials of the wrath of God upon the earth. Uh, There has been some debate among Bible students uh, whether these judgments will be worldwide or whether they will pertain to the kingdom of the Antichrist. And uh, that's up for debate I think uh, some of these things will be worldwide. I think some of them are going to be in one central location, but the extent of these judgments is going to be so bad it's going to affect the whole world, uh, either directly or indirectly. Let's just say it this way. You don't want to be nowhere around uh, when these judgments are being poured out. Amen? So just thank God tonight that you're saved. Thank God that The Lord Jesus Christ is going to come and rapture us out before any of this begins to happen. All right, the first vial, Revelation 16 and verse 2. And the first went and poured out his vial upon the earth. Now, all of this is happening in the spirit world, and we need to understand that nothing happens on this earth unless it first happens in the spirit world first. God's in charge. Nothing happens in this world without it crossing his desk first. So God is uh, approving these things to be done. He's doing it here in the book of Revelation, and I believe God is doing it now. And you can uh, take that however you want to take it, but like I said, I don't think anything happens in this world without God knowing about it. He allows it to happen Now, let's see what happens in the physical world. We see these things taking place in the spiritual world. Uh, The first went out and poured his vial upon the earth, and there fell a noisome and grievous sore upon the men which had the mark of the beast and upon them which worshipped his image. Now, this is very similar to the sixth plague of bulls that was poured out upon the Egyptians under Moses. It's going to affect all of those who have taken the mark of the beast and have uh, worshipped his image. It's going to be a noisome and grievous um, disease that's poured out upon these people, meaning that it's going to be very, very painful and vile. Uh, It's going to be, these sores will be running a constant corruption with a foul odor, and uh, that's... How, what is brought out in the Greek. Now, how long these swords will remain is unknown. Um, we can see that these people still have them. If you'll look down in verse 10, Revelation 16 and verse 10, uh, these people still have these bowls by the fifth vile judgment. Let's just read that. Uh, verse 10, the fifth angel poured out his vial upon the seat of the beast, and his kingdom was full of darkness, and they gnawed their tongues for pain and blasphemed the God of heaven because of their pains and their sores, and repented not of their deeds. So I, we don't know how much time is going to lapse from the time these bowls appear, Uh, But we do know that these men still have them by the time we have the fifth vile judgment. Now, it might be that they have these bulls right on to the end of the tribulation period. Could be. And it seems that medical science is not going to have a cure for it either. And pain medications is not going to help any either, according to this. Um, they, they, they blaspheme God because of their pains and their sores. And, uh, and then think about it, you know, if this pain is so bad, a lot of these people are not going to be able to work. So you can imagine what kind of effect that's going to have on the economy. You know, you people ain't working, bills ain't getting paid, products not being made. So, I mean, it's going to affect the economy quite a bit. And, you know, the the world has become a small place now. We're living in a global economy nowadays. So any little thing happening in the world just causes a a rippling effect all around the world. But, uh, you know, these folks were warned. God gave them plenty of warning. If you remember back in the 14th uh, chapter of the book of Revelation... Uh, One of the angels, the third angel that uh, was flying through the heavens said, If any man worship the beast in his image and receive his mark in his forehead or in his hand, the same shall drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which is poured out without mixture into the cup of his indignation. And the evidence is that this angel will be seen. You can read that in Revelation 14 in verse 9. Uh, The angel will be seen, his message is very clear. And God's not playing around, he's not hiding anything, he's plainly telling them. You take the mark, you're going to experience the wrath of God. These people chose not to believe what they've seen and what they've heard, so now it's time to reap what you sow. Now these bulls are going to be very painful but not as painful as what they're going to experience because the Bible goes on to say there in verse 10, Revelation 14 and 10, they're going to be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the Lamb. And the smoke of their torment ascendeth up forever and ever. They have no rest day and night who worship the beast in his image and whosoever receiveth the mark of his name. So like I said, these folks had plenty of warning, and they chose not to heed God's warning. All right, let's take a look at verse 3, Revelation 16 and verse 3. This is the second vial. And the second angel poured out his vial upon the sea, and it became as the blood of a dead man, and every living soul died in the sea. Now, the sea referred to here is probably the Mediterranean Sea. Uh, because it is the area of the Antichrist rule. The Antichrist will rule ten kingdoms that are within the old Roman Empire territory. And it's in that part of the world that he will, by and large, rule and reign. And when the Bible says that uh, it was poured out upon the sea, it's not talking about every ocean in the world. It's, It's talking about a particular... Sea, and more than likely, it's talking about the Mediterranean Sea. And uh, you th- you think about it, the blood of a dead man is black, and it's coagulated. It's it's thick. It seems that whatever this is is going to have a poisonous effect and kill everything in the sea. And you you imagine looking out across the sea. And every fish in there is floating on top of what used to be water. I'm talking about huge whales. I mean, them, them things get, get rather large. I mean, the sea's going to be turned into a graveyard. I mean, when you turn the sea into coagulated blood, I mean, that's got to affect the buoyancy of the ships. I don't know what kind of effect that'll have on the ships. I'm sure they'll have trouble uh, moving through something that thick. And uh, think about all those dead fish out there. I don't think it's going to smell too good. The smell will be so bad it'll probably choke these people that are out there. Whoever's caught out there in it, the Bible says every soul in the sea died. So that includes men. So whoever's out there in them ships at that time is going to die. I'd go so far as to say this, whoever's living around uh, the area where this takes place on the land, down at the beaches and whatever, um, I think they're going to be affected by it as well. Think about this, every fish in the sea dying. I don't know how much fish plays in the diet of these people but when every single fish in this area of the world dies and that's what they're depending on for food and then when you look at one of the other judgments that's coming the sun becomes so hot you know that's going to destroy crops so there's going to be a food shortage at this particular time and no doubt um, People are going to be dying as a result of that as well. You just don't want to be here when these things take place. All right, look at verse 4. The third angel poured out his vial upon the rivers and the fountains of waters, and they became blood. Now, whereas the last judgment affected the salt water, this one affects the fresh water, the drinking water. Um freshwater, lakes, streams, underground fountains, and that sort of thing. Now, this is very similar to what God did in Egypt when God told Moses to stretch his rod out over the sea. And uh, that, that river became blood. And the Bible says that all the water that they had accumulated in the um, canisters of of wood and stone. All that water was turned to blood as well. So that means uh, no bottled water. Now think about this for a minute. Fresh water. Think about all the machinery that uses water. I mean, you've got heavy duty equipment out here that uses water to cool it, cool it down, and, and whatever the case. And um, some factories are going to be shut down because they use water, and a lot of it. Um, Some factories produce electricity, and they use water. And the water's not flowing because it's coagulated. It's turned to the blood of a dead man. I imagine all the fish in the rivers and streams and lakes, I mean, all these things are tied in together you know, the sea and the rivers and streams. So I think we can safely say the same thing that's done in the sea is going to be happening to the fresh water. So you're going to have a lot of dead fish floating around in this part of the world. It's not going to be a good time. Now, think about this. If, if all the water has been contaminated... You've got billions of people now that's got these bowls all over their bodies, running a constant corruption, no way to get a bath. If they're not keeping them clean, infections break out, people start running high fevers. When you're running a high fever, they tell you to do what? Drink plenty of fluids. So there ain't no water to drink. So what are you going to drink? A lot of people going to die of dehydration. That's, that's just the bottom line. And I'm sure that areas of the world will be trying to get water to these people to help them. But uh, like I said, it's, it's not going to be a good time. I think uh, some of these people at this particular time ought to look to the false prophets. They trusted what he said and took the mark. He was performing all these miracles. Why don't they go to the false prophet and ask the false prophet to uh, perform a miracle and change the water back so they can drink it? The truth is, I don't think the false prophet's going to be able to do anything to help these people. It's going to be a bad time. Jesus said, Matthew 24:21, "For then shall be great tribulation." such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time, no, nor ever shall be. All right, Revelation 16, verse 5. And I heard the angel of the waters say, let me just stop right here and point out some things. Here we have an angel that is over the waters. Back in Revelation chapter 7, verses 1 through 3, we had four angels that were in charge of the winds. In Revelation 14, in verse 8, we saw an angel that had authority over fire. For the past several weeks on Sunday mornings, we've been, we looked at the book of Daniel, chapter 10, and we saw where a fallen angel, the prince of Persia, was holding back Gabriel from bringing to Daniel the interpretation of a vision that he had and Michael the archangel had to come and and help Gabriel get loose and come back we also find out in Daniel chapter 12 that Michael is the chief prince and the archangel that's in charge over Israel so in all of this we see that God has given angels particular ministries and control over different things and over different areas of the world. And, and always remember this, and I've said it time and time again, I'll continue to say it. Sin in this world is what gives Satan and the kingdom of darkness a legal right to work and do their bidding in this world. Sin is the cause of it. And as I've stated before, the church has the key. The conflict that's going on in this world is determined by the church because the Lord has given us the keys. The keys to the kingdom of heaven is the gospel of Jesus Christ, who he is and what he did. When we preach the gospel, the power of the Holy Spirit is released. And people are convicted of their sin. They accept Christ as their Savior. The Holy Spirit comes into their hearts and lives and binds up the sin nature, changes them. They become a new creature in Christ Jesus. So if you want to figure out how to solve some of the problems in America, support a preacher that's preaching the gospel. And that's what the church is supposed to be doing preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. Plus, what Jesus did at the cross has opened up the door for us to talk to the Heavenly Father. Take these things to the Lord in prayer and intercede for our country and whatever else we see that's going on. But uh, I just wanted to mention that God has got angels in different ministries, and and these angels are in control of, of certain areas and things, and God has ordained it. That way, I heard one of the angels of the water say, Thou art righteous, O Lord, which art and wast and shall be, because thou hast judged thus. Sin has to be judged. And sin was judged at Calvary. The wages of sin is death. And Jesus died on Calvary's cross and he paid that sin debt. And whosoever believes in him and trusts in what Jesus did at the cross, your sins are gone, washed, cleansed, never to be held against you again. But it's only by faith. But now these people that do not believe in Christ and reject the blood of Jesus Christ then they will face this judgment of blood which is coming. This angel said, Thou art righteous, O Lord, which art and wast and shall be, because thou hast judged thus. You know, if God doesn't judge sin, then he's not a righteous God. I now mean, you think about that. God said the wages of sin is death. He sent his son to die. And then he told us all we had to do was believe. I remember the story in the Bible where the serpents were biting the people, the children of Israel. And God told Moses to get that pole and put the serpent on the pole. And whoever looks at that serpent on the pole... Shall live. Look at the serpent on the pole and live. The serpent was a type of Christ. And you would say, Well, I don't understand a serpent. I can understand a lamb, but I don't understand the serpent. Well, the serpent, you know, represents sin. And Jesus took the sin of the world upon Himself when He died on Calvary's cross. And He said, Look at that pole. It was a type of Christ and what He would do at Calvary. And they said, look and live, and whoever looked at that serpent on the pole, although they were bitten by the serpent, they lived. And, you know, the gospel's been presented, but men have rejected it. They refuse to believe. And so now they must be judged. All right, let's take a look at verses 6 and 7, Revelation 16. For they have shed the blood of saints and prophets, and thou hast given them blood to drink, for they are worthy. And I heard another out of the altar say, even so, Lord God Almighty, true and righteous are thy judgments. God thinks very highly of his saints. And prophets. Matter of fact, Jesus said in Matthew 25 and verse 40, Verily I say unto you, inasmuch as you have done it unto one of the least of these, my brethren, you have done it unto me. And then a few verses down, verse 45, he said, Inasmuch as you did it not to one of the least of these, you did it not unto me. So God's judgments are true and righteous. These people joined in with the Antichrist who tortured and murdered in cold blood, God's people. And now God has given them blood to drink. Galatians 6 and 7, be not deceived, God is not mocked. Whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. All right, let's look at the fourth vial judgment. Revelation 16 and verse 8. The fourth angel poured out his vial upon the sun, and power was given unto him to scorch men with fire. It's going to be hot, folks. Well, we'll just turn on the air condition. Oh, yeah? Did you know that... A lot of these heavy-duty industrial air conditioning systems in these big buildings use water in order to cool. If your water's turned to blood, I don't think that's going to flow through the vents and all too well. So it's going to be hot, folks. There ain't going to be no cutting on air conditioning because the water's been affected now think about how this is going to affect the crops I mean we don't know how long this is going to last but I think we're going to have a shortage of food because of this as well I remember back a few summers ago it got so hot they reported over the news that one of the roads up in Raleigh had buckled and it was down for several weeks they had to get in there and tear it up and pave it back, and I imagine the same thing is going to be happening uh, at this time as well. The uh, phrase there, scorch men with fire, intimates that whoever is exposed to the sun for any length of time at all is going to be severely burned. We don't know exactly what's going to happen, but it's going to be extremely Hot. Now, verse 9 says, The men were scorched with great heat and blasphemed God, which hath power over these plagues, and they repented not to give him glory. Now, according to this, these people know exactly who it is that's doing these things. And they blaspheme God instead of repenting. That tells you just how evil and wicked these people are. Now we don't know how long this is going to last, but we believe it to be over by the time of the fifth vile judgment. If you look there in verse 10, the fifth angel poured out his vial upon the seed of the beast. And his kingdom was full of darkness, and they gnawed their tongues for pain and blasphemed the God of heaven because of their pains and their sores and repented not of their deeds. Now, how much of the world is going to be affected by this, I think plainly tells us right there if you'll look at verse 10, upon the seat of the beast. And like I said at the beginning of our study tonight, there's some debate over whether some of these things will be worldwide or whether it'll pertain to certain areas. You think about the sea turning to dead man's blood, black and coagulated, that's going to strand a lot of ships. You think about it, this part of the world controls most of the oil in the world and it gets shipped over here in them big ships and them ships can't move you can see how it can can affect the whole world oil prices going up so I mean all of this stuff is tied together now this darkness that's going to come upon uh, the antichrist kingdom Plainly says it's going to be on the seat of the beast. So I don't think it's going to be a worldwide occurrence, although I'm sure television cameras will be there portraying this. And um, this plague is very similar to the ninth plague in Egypt under Moses. Remember that? Exodus chapter 10. Uh, Somewhere in there it says that uh, the plague of darkness uh, could be felt. Now, I've been in some dark places, but I don't know that I've ever been in a darkness that you could feel. I mean, that's kind of eerie to me. But it's a darkness that can be felt. Exodus chapter 10, God did this to the Egyptians, but Israel still had light. Go figure that. High in the world... (laughs) god is god he can do whatever he wants to do amen so i'm not going to try to stand here and explain to you how god's going to do that i just know it says it'll be done on the seat of the beast i don't believe this one will be a worldwide occurrence but at any rate now the question is how long will this particular judgment last Turn to Matthew chapter 24. Matthew 24. Move down, if you will, to verse 27. Jesus said, For as the lightning cometh out of the east and shineth even unto the west, so shall also come. The coming of the son of man be this is the second coming of Christ for wheresoever the carcass is there will the eagles be gathered together that is talking about the battle of Armageddon so get in your mind the the time period of the tribulation that we're talking about we're talking about the battle of Armageddon and the second coming of Christ Glory. So you see there the darkness, says the sun will be darkened, verse 29, the moon will not give her light. I'm just wondering if this is what Jesus was referring to, this darkness that will be upon the kingdom of the Antichrist. Will this darkness last for the remainder of the tribulation period, right on up to the battle of Armageddon and the second coming of Christ? If I'm interpreting this correctly, it very well could be. If the program today has been a blessing to you, we hope and pray that you'll share it with others. This podcast has been made possible by the prayerful and generous financial support of listeners like you to contact us or to contribute to this ministry. Go to establishedinthefaith.com, click on the Donate tab. All donations are safe and secure through PayPal. We look forward to hearing from you.